Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our, Our teaching team, team is made up of men and women, women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. To which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to, to expand, expand in faith, faith hope, and hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because, because they, they anchor us in something, something which can, can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us. Everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. So we read from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, I said, ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and oh, that was a, and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Bob. Here. <laughs> there, nice. Katie, I'm going to use your stand. Good morning, everybody. Um, I am your pinch hitter today, as our beloved Daniel James Cook was on deck to hit the sports balls from the pulpit, but came down with some super gross germs in the bottom of the sixth, and so Coach Kara called me in from the dugout. <laughs> That's so, thank you. Dan, I hope you're watching because I did all those sports words for you. Um, and hopefully somewhere Todd Helton would be really proud of me. Um, that's a Rockies player from back in the day. He's my favorite. Okay, so here we are in one of my favorite stories of scripture. And I mean, maybe you can guess why, but because it's all about empowering our amazing and curious and spectacular kids. Yay, kids! Let's see, I spy some kids in here. Yay, you guys are awesome! <laughs> um, but first, I have a little juicy nugget that doesn't really have anything to do with what we're actually going to talk about. But it's just a really fun and nerdy connection that I think enriches the context of our story and reminds us just how interconnected everything in the scriptures is. So, Jeremiah, right, that's the guy in our story, his dad is kind of a big deal. If you look in the first sentence of Jeremiah's story, um, it's not in our portion this morning, but Jeremiah 1.1, look it up, 
It says that Jeremiah is introduced as Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah. Now, I will give a million Torah points to anyone who knows what Hilkiah did. No. That's okay. <laughs> so, to find the answer, we have to go to 2 Kings 22, and to a story that takes place like five years after Jeremiah's call. Um, so it's the 18th year of King Josiah's reign, and King Joe wants the high priest to count all the money in the storage at the temple and use it to pay some builders who are doing maintenance on God's house. And so the high priest goes in to count all the money, and what does he find? Probably hidden under a thick stack of gold. The Torah, the book of the law, hidden in the temple. And it's been so long since anyone's even seen it that the king, the high priest, and the king's top political people eventually go to a woman named Holda. Everybody say, yeah, Holda. Yeah. Who teaches them about what is written in it and warns them about the death and destruction of the exile that is forthcoming. Now, can you guess what the name is of the high priest who found the book of the law? Hilkiah. That's Jeremiah's dad. Okay. So Hilkiah, Jer old Jerry's dad, is the high priest who finds the book of the law after it had been hidden, missing, lost for who knows how long. And so without Hilkiah and without the brilliance of our beloved Huldah, King Josiah might not have repented, reformed, or renewed the covenant between God and all of God's people. Now, the Babylonians still exile them from their land, but this huge turning back moment of repentance is huge in the history of God's people. So, there's your juicy nugget. So, let's get back to our, to our kid, Jeremiah. And this is the same story that our kids downstairs are exploring. So, I thought it would be fun if we got to read what they're reading downstairs. So we have big story cards. These are available as coloring pages out there if you would like. Hello, my name is Jeremiah, and I'm a prophet. I've been sharing God's messages of justice and hope to my community since I was a kid. I still remember the day God called me and changed my life forever. Ooh. Thanks. <laughs> came out of nowhere, I heard a soft voice whisper, Jeremiah, hey, I've been waiting for this day since, you, since before you were born. I can't wait to tell you the special holy plans I have in mind for you. What is Jeremiah doing? Sitting in a tree, like all kids do. <gasps> special plans? For me? I couldn't believe it. In all the stories of my ancestors, only grown-ups were given special jobs by God. I was just a kid. What did I know about God? Would anyone even listen to me? What is he feeling? Worried, small, yeah. It's okay, Jeremiah. God saw I was nervous. 
It doesn't matter if you're a kid, God said. All that matters is I'll always be right there looking after you. Together, we'll weed out what's not working in the world and plant new and beautiful things. The end. Yay, Jeremiah! <laughs> so, in this story, Jeremiah remembers the day when what happened? <laughs> yep. This is... God called him. Thanks, Kristen. Um, yeah, we're doing a lot of like questions today. Um, okay, God called him, Jeremiah, the son of the high priest, to be a prophet. Here's another question. What does a prophet do? Tells the future. Gives warnings. Yes. Delivers the word of God. Tries. Tries to open people's eyes. Yes, Nate. Yes, Bob. Prophets are often unpopular in their times. They're yeah, calls out injustice. Oh, okay, Coach Kara. <laughs> Causes holy disruption. I love that. Um. They also do like weird things, like cook food over a poop fire. That's in Ezekiel, if you want to look that up. But so our friend, Jeremiah, right? He says, I've been sharing God's messages of justice and of hope, holy disruption in my community since I was a kid. And God describes it as working together to weed out what's not working in the world and plant new and beautiful things. Or if you look in the scripture that Bob read, um, that Jeremiah was appointed over nations and kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and overthrow, and to build and to plant. So Jeremiah was probably about eight when this happened. So here's another question. What were you doing when you were eight years old? Or maybe you're not quite eight yet. What are you doing now? What do you think or hope you'll do when you're eight? You can shout out loud. This is like second grade-ish. So what were you doing? Oh, yes, Michelle. Michelle said, she started hearing what other people thought about her. Yeah, that's like the age where like you're developing your social awareness and like how you interact with other humans. Oh, yes. Cassandra said, still playing pretend, right? We... <laughs> that is something you did not grow out of. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, Nate said that he was incredibly awkward. Let's see. Making trouble. I, not good trouble. I could see that, Bob. <gasps> yes, Kristen. Discovering a lot about how the world works. And, like, how did you discover that? School. Yes. Through play and imagination. I know 
when I was in second grade, I like spent a lot of time digging for worms and roly polies and losing so many teeth, right? It's kind of a weird time and a fun time and a really special sacred time to be eight and just all of childhood. Um, and it's kind of crazy. Like if you think about your eight-year-old self, right? Jeremiah's eight. That God, what if God showed up to you and said, I've been waiting since before you were born to tell you of the special holy plans I have in mind for you. You're like, uh, what? Who's that? Oh, and you'll be responsible for nations and kingdoms, and you'll get to work together with me, God, to weed out what's not working in the world and plant new and beautiful things. That would be a, kind of a lot and confusing to receive, right? And so how does Jeremiah respond? Well, special plans for me? I couldn't believe it. All the stories of my ancestors, only grown-ups were given special jobs by God. I was just a kid. What did I know about God? Would anyone even listen to me? This whole God enthusiastically inviting people who feel super underqualified into sacred and redemptive work is kind of a pattern throughout our Bible. Jeremiah was just a kid. How could he stand up to nations and kingdoms? Moses stuttered when he spoke. How could he tell Pharaoh to let the Hebrew people go? David didn't have the body type to be a king. How could he protect his people? Mary was just a young, unmarried girl. How could she give birth to the Messiah? This could go on and on. All the people who weren't qualified to do what God invited them to do. And so, what about you? What is the qualifier you've been given or you've given yourself that marks you as too little or too much to do something? You don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to name it. Inside your head, inside your heart, inside your body, even whisper it to someone you love and trust. What is it that disqualifies you from the good, redemptive, and life-multiplying work that you long to do? Like, I'm a queer woman. Why should I be up here wearing this fancy preaching scarf, telling, teaching all of you and all your kids about this mysterious divine being and her sacred story of love? In many spaces, my anatomy and my sexuality disqualify me from the very work that you, my beloved community, have called and empowered me to do. Did I try to quit numerous times along the way? Yes. Was I told over and over and over again by other people that I can't do this? Yes. Have I shed an ocean's worth of tears from all the things that people have said to me? Yeah. And so I just want to say, like, holy cats, thank you, Genesis. Thank you for believing in me and for calling and equipping me and for embodying the inclusive, endlessly knowable love of God. You guys are just the best.
So here's the good news from Jeremiah. God didn't just drop this bomb on Jeremiah and then say, like, I'm out of here, good luck. God saw Jeremiah's big feelings, his doubts, his questions, his insecurities, his hesitation, his imposter syndrome, and said, doesn't it matter that you're a kid? All that matters is that I'll always be there with you, looking after you. We'll do this work together. It doesn't matter how old you are or what language you speak. It doesn't matter who you love or how you love. It doesn't matter what your body looks like or how you express yourself to the world. It doesn't matter where you were born or what you have done. We are enough, just the way we are. I'm going to make us all say this. Can we all say, I am enough? Ready? I am enough. Yeah. And then, this will be uncomfortable, look at your neighbor, say, you are enough. You are enough. <laughs> and now everybody, let's say, we are enough. We are enough. Yes. We are enough, just the way we are. No exceptions, no disqualifications. God promised to be with Jeremiah every step of the way. Do you think God promises the same for us? Yes. So just don't be nervous or listen to the haters because it's super easy to reroute your neural pathways and just super confidently be yourself, right? It's easy. <laughs> if only. Uh, that's why we have lovely people like um, therapists. I'm looking at all of you. Um, so I wish I had a magical answer that made this all easier to actually live out. But I guess that's part of the fun. Fun? What? Yeah. Because this is your life. And you get to work together with God and the people around you who love you. Because sometimes we all need a little help to be brave, right? Or as Daniel Tiger says, with a little help, you can be brave. So who in your life helps you be brave? How would a gentle, compassionate, and loving God empower you? Does that thing that you think disqualifies you from doing the very thing that makes your soul come alive really disqualify you? What would it look like to bravely show up in the world as your fullest, truest self. Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscove.org.